Welcome to Beyond the Yard Sign, a podcast brought to you by Hunt Real Estate ERA, an equal housing opportunity company. I'm Sarah Kleiber, Business Development Manager, and it's a privilege to be here with you. This is an invitation to get to know us for who we are, Beyond the Yard Sign. Our vision at Hunt is to always be there for you, which simply means that we are the only truly integrated real estate and homeownership services organization in the markets we serve. And through this integration of services, we can uniquely support our sales professionals and our customers in a one-stop fashion, simplifying and improving the entire homeownership experience. Our mission is very simple also. Successful professionals, growing profitably, providing superior experiences. This is our assurance to all within our organization and to all with whom we come in contact. We appreciate this opportunity to showcase the great things and people that got us to where we are today and continue to contribute to our growth. In the many discussions I have about a career in real estate, um, there's this autopilot tendency, if you will, to, you know, just discuss the process and what's involved, the coursework, the exam, training. And today I'm going to have a discussion as far as the why, um, you know, I've, I will admit I've even joked a couple of times of, you know, the, the material in the licensing course and that sometimes it, it, it can be, you know, dry and that, you know, this is a process that, um, you know, is necessary, but sometimes in the way of, you know, what I call the fun part of a career in real estate. But today I really want to get to the bottom of, of the why. Um, April is Fair Housing Month and, there are, you know, very serious reasons that some of these laws are in place and that our state does require professionals to you know, have this certain amount of knowledge under their belt, if you will. Um, so I am very excited to be here today with my very good friend and colleague, Mary Payton. Uh, Mary Payton is the branch director of our Clifton Park office, and uh, she also has uh, some other roles that keeps her active in our industry. Hello, Mary. Hello, Sarah. How Great to you? be with you. Good. Always. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, before our discussion, tell me a little bit about um, tell me a little bit about uh, you, the, the role that you play with Hunt Real Estate and uh, beyond as far as your, your um, involvement at the state level. Okay, so I manage the Clifton Park office as well as the Saratoga Springs office here in the Capital Region. And about 10 years ago, I got my instructor license. So you can get an additional license from New York State to become an instructor. And that allows you to teach continuing ed classes as well as elective classes. But with the license, you can teach uh, salesperson, broker, all that kind of stuff. So I do that uh, quite a bit, too. I'm the main person that does it for our association here in the Capital Region. That's great. I know that I have uh, leaned on Mary a few times with uh, new candidates that have some questions or just some clarification on some confusing language. And um, I, I appreciate that very much, that uh, Mary's always very available and, and helpful in, in explaining some language again that, that can be a little tricky. Well, it's very frustrating, I think, for everyone in our industry is that it's hard to get answers. And many, many years ago, I was the liaison for another real estate company with the New York State Department of State. And it was so frustrating because I realized very early on when I 
called the customer service line, they really tried not to give you their name. And if I called back and asked another customer service representative the same question, I would get a different answer. Mm-hmm. We've been so dealing that's with that. part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very frustrating because people want to do the right thing. Yes, it, it has been. And with, um, with, in, in the past two years with, with what we're dealing with, with, with COVID and everything, um, the Department of State, like many, many other uh, places, mm-hmm. yep. are, are short-staffed. And so you know, we have some people that are just looking for some basic answers and having limited amount of people to deliver those answers is, on, you know, on top of, like you said, getting different answers, it has been, it has been rather frustrating. So on that note, uh, I think I thank you again because you have been very, very helpful to me um, across the state when I needed some answers as well. So thank you for that. Tell us about your background. What brought you to the wonderful world of real estate? Boy, it was a long road. So I am a graduate of Syracuse University, and I went to Newhouse and became a television reporter. And all of my professors told me that I could not do hard news. But, you know, when you're young, you're like, I can do it. Mm -hmm. I could not do it. Mm -hmm. I went home crying every night for a couple of years before I realized it really was not for me. And then I got very fortunate and transitioned into a job in the music industry. And the music industry was, we broke bands. I lived in New York City. I actually ended up living all over the world through that job and got moved about once a year and worked my way up into a regional manager position. And then really, it really started, the music industry started going online. So that changed very much. I was moved from New York to Albany to work in a different division. And when I got here, I realized that we were not going to be in business a lot longer. So I got my real estate license. Um, Also opened a store in Saratoga, which I had for 12 years, um, because I also have a retail background as well. So I had my store for 12 years, which was a lot of fun, worked very closely with the race course, got my real estate license, and then transitioned full time into real estate. That's great. I didn't know about the music part. I was very, very fun. Really, when I look back, I'm like, boy, I can never complain about my life. It was crazy know, and fun. Good. So yeah. much fun. So today, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to have a discussion about, um, you know, the, the, the why. Um, there, there's been some new laws that have recently uh, been put in place. So I, I want to have a discussion with you about that. Um, I know that you uh, have, I, I know for a fact that you have a lot of knowledge that I admit that I'm probably not 100% aware of. So I'm looking forward to the education you're going to give me as well. And again, um, April is a fair housing awareness month. And, you know, there are many reasons that um, this is a very important topic to know about. So uh, let, let's start with that. What, um, what are some of the recent changes that have been um, put in place? I think it's important, Sarah, for us to start with the why they got put in place. Yeah, um, yeah. So that everyone understands where this came from and how it comes about. So Long Island Divided happened in 2019. And Long Island Divided was a Newsday expose where the owner of Newsday was given a tip that someone thought that there was some discrimination going on in Long Island. So the they set investigative journalists up and they did paired testing which if you've not watched Long Island Divided, I really ask you to please sit down. It's 41 minutes. It's very eye-opening. It's actually heartbreaking. But through the paired testing, you see that the testers say, boy, 
I thought that I was treated well. And it was only when they brought the testers back together, same people who had worked with the same agent, did they find out that the minority client had been treated differently, either was required to provide ID, was required to have a prequal letter, was required in some way to have a higher standard than other people. Wow. So that was the beginning of the whole shakeup really in our industry, which we needed to do. And Governor Hochul signed nine new laws in New York into law in December. And it was very, I think the, the other, this becomes, comes back to our conversation about frustrating because the governor signs nine new laws. And now what do we do? I'm on the phone with NYSAR. With, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing with these laws? And their answers were, don't worry, we'll let you know, which is not acceptable to me because there were no dates on the laws at that point. And then in January, Governor Hochul started signing chapter amendments and putting dates to when things had to happen. So some of the things that are changing, we have an April change that's coming up, which is we need to have every brokerage house needs to have their standard operating procedures on their website and in place. So the standard operating procedures have to fill out whether or not they're going to require ID Mm -hmm. of clients. They have to fill out whether or not they're going to require buyer brokers Mm -hmm. and whether or not they're going to require ID. And when you watch Long Island Divided, you'll see that there was two pair testers and one was a minority. They asked for ID from the minority and the minority had another one of the investigative reporters call and say, really, you require ID? They were trying to get the person to tell them if they required ID across the board, because certainly that's okay. If we as real estate agents make a decision that we want to require it across the board, we can. It's just the unfair treatment. And the agent they were speaking to kept saying, we have to understand, I take out strangers, but unfortunately, in the paired testing, they were not requiring it of the non-minority. Mm, mm. It, it's hard to think that um, those behaviors exist, but these laws are in place because the behaviors exist. Now, let, let me ask yeah. you this to um, help our listeners understand. Um, these, you know, as a broker, is this a standard, um, these three things that uh, are are new to the laws. Is this a broker decision or is it is a broker? It's, yeah. it's, so the decision is up to the broker. So the broker is not being forced either way to put these in place, but it's just the broker's decision that this is how we are doing it. And, and this decision moving forward is for every customer and client. Absolutely. Because they want the customers and clients to know what you know, what's going to happen, what's expected of them when they go to visit a certain brokerage house. Mm-hmm. So there's no more surprises. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, it, it, in one breath you say, you know, this is silly. I would never treat anybody differently. And 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 sometimes, is this is this fair to say, Mary, sometimes it actually might be unintentional. I mean, it like sometimes, you know, you have the good intentions, but just maybe not have have realized that something was said or done. And I think that's the reason that this education needs to be so importantly enforced and understood. You know, Sarah, you hit the nail on the head because a lot of what I think we've discovered by digging into this is initially we thought it was real estate related only. And then as we dug deeper, we found out it was really societal beliefs. And we had a deeper problem than just, you know, real estate agents, the light was shined on us. 
but we're raised with certain beliefs in our family and they affect us as adults in our business practices and we're completely unaware. We don't know how they're affecting us. We don't even know that we believe them. So you're right on with that. And some of the other things that Governor Hochul added is we as real estate agents now have to have, not now, sorry, as of September 20th of this year, we have to add to our 22 and a half hours of continuing ed, two hours of implicit bias. So that would be how is it, how is our bias towards other people that we're unaware of and two hours of cultural competency. Mm-hmm. So those go into effect September 20th. And I think I, my hope is that the Department of State will get this out because they haven't so far. They've been clear with the instructors. We get to meet with them more than the general public would ever or the general public of our general population of our agents is they've said very clearly to us that if your license expires after 920, you can't go by the old guidelines of what's required educationally and get it done September 19th. If your license expires after on the 20th or after, you must include the two hours of cultural competency and the two hours of implicit bias. I'll tell you, I um, for the 22 and a half hours, I... I was not necessarily disappointed when they took away the grandfathered. I, 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 I always uh-huh. thought that for people who were in the industry longer and maybe, maybe had some old habits still in place, those are, in my opinion, you know, a lot of those people are the ones that should be keeping up to date with the 22 and a half hours. Look at how much our industry has changed just in the past two years. Um, it's the truth. Yep. Yes. And, and, and when there was that brief time where, you know, they had declared that if you were in the business for a certain amount of time, you, you no longer had to keep your continuing education up. I mean, it's not the most convenient thing as somebody that does it herself every two years, but the, the course that I choose to take there's something new in it every time I log in during that two-year period. There, there's something brand new. I, the last time I opened it up, there's a new. There was a new, um, a new piece on marijuana in real estate. I'm like, what is this really the title of a course that I have to take? What could this possibly be be about? And yep. you know, two paragraphs in, I'm like, okay, this isn't about. <laughs> It, ingesting marijuana. This is about properties um, that, that are near dispensaries or properties that um, people grew in and, and what to be aware of and how the, how the properties are affected and the values are affected and three hours worth of very, very eye-opening material. And, and so it, it's very, very important for us to keep up with these changes, don't you think? Absolutely. And it's interesting because there's always something that causes a law to change. So the grandfathering went away because as the Department of State looked at the complaints they were getting in and the violations, a lot of times it was the older agents because they hadn't been keeping up, like you're saying, with the continuing ed. So that is when they looked at taking away the grandfathering so that we would all be required to get that refresher and learn what's going on. And what's interesting is in my first classes, the first year when the grandfathering was gone, they were angry. They would come to class mad. Mm-hmm. They'd want to yell at me. I'm like, listen, you know, let's just, and then they would learn something. And I think by the end, they would understand that 
no one's punishing them. We're just trying to be the professionals that we are. Yeah, and it's um, it, it, it's funny that you had mentioned that it, it's usually when something happens that either a, a new law is invented or something is you know looked at or a new policy. And as I am doing going through the onboarding process with our new professionals here. Um, we clearly have, I, I believe it's five pages now, um, a sexual harassment policy, another three yep. pages on social media. And, yep. and and on the surface, you know, really five pages to know, to, to, to remind me of how to treat people in the workplace. Yes, five pages because, because something may have happened and, and we, as, as a, a professional company and an industry, need to never let this happen again. So, so yes, here is five pages on how to treat people in the workplace. Yep, important. Yeah, and um, I'm really enjoying talking to you about this today because I'm I'm realizing that uh, these discussions that I have, a lot of them are, you know, based to to educate what we hope are, you know, our future of this industry. but I really, really hope that we have some people tuning in that um, are our future customers and clients. It's very, very important that you know that realtor designation and everything that we have to hold up to as far as our standards and our requirements is truly something so special to assure you the best possible treatment and experience is, is possible. I don't think in a lot of people realize how truly special our designation is. Sarah, yeah, I can't agree more. And I think one thing that's really important important for us to point out is that I have been a, a managing broker at other companies and they were wonderful companies, but this is the one company where I will tell you that my phone rings quite a bit with the professionals here making sure they're doing the right thing by their client. And it impressed me so much when I first got here. They go over the top, out of the way, and make sure they make sure they follow the laws. They make sure everything is all in a nice little package. They're doing the right thing. They've treated everybody fairly. And I, kudos. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, a lot of your role in, involves kind of what, what I do over here. Um, you know, we, we are, we're having a conversation that is – you know, based on the actual out in the market and um, the process of buying and selling and showing properties. But a lot of this also uh, takes place in our interview process, right? I don't, I don't think we're thinking of that end of it as well. I know that I personally do the same thing every time. Everybody will be treated with the same amount of attention and respect um, decisions not to move forward, you know, those kind of, th- th- those kind of work their way out, whether it's, you know, our decision or their decision to, to, to not move forward. But I will tell you leading up to that, it is so very important to me to, to represent this company and make sure every person walking in our door is treated the same way as well. And I know that you do the same okay. thing. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And we've got beautiful offices. We have a great presentation. I think we just do the best job in the industry as far as training, 
the physical plan, everything about it, as far as getting great leadership, training our leadership, keeping everyone involved. And, you know, a lot of times I do a lot of recruiting and I always talk to people about Peter because he is an amazing individual and he just, his ideas are incredible and he moves the industry forward. And we're so fortunate to have him leading the company. Always forward thinking. Um, always forward thinking. And then, you know, if you have an opportunity, um, he always wants to know what's going on too. Um, he and I had lunch yesterday and it, it he, um, he was away for, for a while. He was in, in Arizona and we just, you know, picked things right up where we left off, you know, what's going on, what should I know? How are you? Um, you know, he, uh, you know, just, just time to, to, to catch up. And, um, you know, if you ever have an opportunity to get his, his ear, I, I'll tell you, um, you'll have it. You'll have it. Do you know where we're going tonight, Mary? We're going to the Brisbane building. He has, um, the, uh, an art gallery that, um, at the, at the Brisbane building on the bottom oh, I floor. I saw pictures of it and he did a news segment yesterday about it. So today's the opening and, um, he's, um, it has the, uh, the corner of the front part of the building is uh, now designated to supporting lo- local artists. And so if you oh, guys are, are going to go and um, support this new venture of his, we talked about it yesterday and he said, he's just had so much fun, so much fun. And I, oh, said, well, yeah. I said, artists are beautiful breeds, man. Y- you know, they are too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They really yeah. are. Always supporting. I can't say enough about him and support. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So, um, what do you, um, going back to the topic of just, you know, the, the why behind these laws and the education and the requirements needed to proudly wear that realtor badge. Um, what do you think is important for people to know that they may, they might not know Mary? So I think I'm very involved in the, at the state level in the state organization. And I don't think that I never realized before I was involved that all of these laws start with us, start within the real estate community. And we work through them. And then in New York State, anyway, NYSAR negotiates with the legislature to get the laws so they benefit the most, the public and the real estate agents. Because one thing we would worry about is if the legislature were going off, they wouldn't know what we do on a day-to-day basis, so the law might not fit and help the consumer as much as the legislature might think that it would. Mm-hmm. So all of these laws, all these nine new laws started with us. We started working on them in work groups in NYSAR, and then they get worked out with the legislature, presented to the governor, and she signs them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just another reason that Sometimes my hair stands up when I find myself in a conversation about just how easy our jobs are. And, you know, the market's great. So we're all just, yeah. you know, sitting with martinis on beaches, making deals happen, right? Because the market's so great. What people don't understand is a lot of our job, we have to stay on top of the laws. We have to stay on top of making sure that we're talking to the politicians so we know what's going on. So we're helping property owner rights in New York as well. So things like right now, the good cause eviction in New York State, is was, they were trying to get it passed with the budget that Governor Hochul just signed, and it did not get passed. But the legislature has been pretty clear that they're going to try to get it passed Um, before they go on summer break in June. So the good cause eviction is, it's just a really tough 
law for the landlords in that if they wanted to raise their rent more than 3%, they've got to get a judge to say that they can do it. Um, and it's important that rentals be affordable, but it's got to have two sides of the coin. And the other thing that's very difficult is that if a tenant is paying their rent on time in the good cause eviction, then they can have access to the apartment for life. They can't be evicted. And the, the only criteria is that they're paying their rent on time. Isn't that something? It's, it's funny how New York does laws. Even when COVID hit, one of the things I sat in on some um, podcasts so that I could learn what was happening and the rent relief that was out there for landlords had to go through the tenant, which of course the tenants were like, my gosh, they're not talking to us. They don't want, you know, we call, they think we're looking for money. Mm-hmm. We have no way to influence them to fill out and ask for the money. And then the way the state was working it, the money would get sent to the tenant. It just seems to be all backward. Um, and finally they turned it around so that the tenant, the landlord could apply and the funds would be sent to the landlord. Wow. Oh, I got it. So much going on. You know? Oh my gosh, it has been crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how have how have you been? Have you been you been good? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's been crazy though. Like we usually get a little bit of a reprieve in January, and February. We have not. I don't know when the last time we got a reprieve was. Definitely before COVID. It's been wild in a good way though. I mean, we're very grateful for how crazy the market's been. And but there's a lot of changes, like you know we've been talking about, and a lot of the other laws address. Again, us raising our level of professionalism. So the no longer can, like I'll tell you, when I became an office manager many, many, many years ago, um, I filled out my associate broker application and sent it off to my my old, the old um, regional manager I was working for, and he signed it. And then when we got that all processed, now I was the office manager. That doesn't go on anymore. Now you have to be an associate broker for two years yes. and have two years experience, which makes perfect sense. It, it, it really does. does. I think, I mean, you know, once again, as, as much as it might be inconvenience or cause a couple of eye rolls, if you really think about it, and, um, you know, especially in this discussion, it's it's all for a very, very good reason. We, we have to maintain these professional standards. And I'm, I'm really grateful for you to spend some time with me today to provide that education to to our listeners so that they have, you know, a true appreciation, um, you know, of us as an industry and, you know, just the many, many things that are constantly being looked at and done to, you know, maintain who we are as, as an elite professional homeownership organization. I thank you for your time today, Mary. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I, I, I really um, enjoy your, um, your knowledge and your friendship, and I thank you for all that you do. I feel the same way about you, Sarah. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mary. And um, to all of you, thank you. Thank you for listening and giving us this opportunity to share with you the, the why uh, behind um, the the education requirements and the laws to required to again wear that badge of of real estate and remember for all of your home ownership needs um buying selling questions um, maintenance a career in real estate reach out we're a phone call away and we are always there